going to find our way back to our seats, if you guys wouldn't mind doing that. So one of the things that we place high value on here at The Grove is our work in mission. And when Jeff and I first moved to the, to the mountains, we were so convinced that we needed to always be thinking about how church should be different, that it doesn't exist in these four walls, that it should be moving and living and active and visible in our communities. And so we right away, like kind of hit the ground running. If you've been with us on this journey for a while, you know that we will present opportunities and ideas and, Hey, we're going to meet downtown. We're going to serve 1500 hot dogs, or we're throwing a birthday party for one of our teens at the local um, shelter. We will present those things before you often. And the reason why we do that is because we think and we we believe that God has really called us to be beyond what we see here, sitting together on a Sunday morning, that the church is moving and it's living and it's active and it gets involved with what is needed in this world. We were determined that we wanted to kind of shake up the image of what church should be. And we didn't want to be something that was motionless or still. I think you would probably all agree that we are not that. But always learning to, to, to do and to be what it means to be the, the actual hands and feet of Christ. Following his example of servanthood. And so pushing us to get outside this building and to be in our communities. To adopt our foster care children and, and provide them a backpack with school supplies. And like I said, to you know, go downtown during trick-or-treat and serve 1,500 hot dogs. We will continue to be a part of whatever we can in this community to serve and to be on mission with you. This year, we actually had uh, a really amazing opportunity, and, and you're going to hear a little bit more about that in, in just a moment. But we had a high school senior who just came up with this idea that he wanted to be able to, to be a part of our Guatemala trip. And he created this campaign in his senior year of high school. And as a result of that, we were able to, to take with us um, a, a pretty life-changing thing for a lot of the children that we met this year in Guatemala. If you're reading a book, uh, the book with us, the chapter this week, chapter six, um, in the make, we make the road by walking is actually entitled plotting goodness. And I can't really think of a more fitting title to describe why we keep pushing this community to be outside these walls and in our world, because we, we truly believe, and we want to see the goodness of God being plotted everywhere we go by you, by us and, and, and together as a community. And in this chapter, we hear of the story of Abraham and Sarah, and they were given this incredible mission to live out their lives. And, and God sends them out to be these wanderers and adventurers, to leave the life of privilege and comfortableness that they had known, and to follow a promise that God would always be with them, and he would show them a better way. They had this promise that they would be blessed, and they would become this great nation, but not only that they would be blessed, but they would be a blessing to many From the book this week, a quote says, and this story also tells us something about true faith. Faith is stepping off the map of what's known and making a new road by walking into the unknown. It's responsible to God's call to adventure, stepping out on a quest for goodness, trusting that the status quo isn't as good as it gets, but believing that a promise of a better life is is possible. So during... um, the Civil War in Guatemala, and then the Civil War there spanned over three decades. So from 1960 to 1996, great devastation swept over this country. 
An estimated 200,000 people were killed with numbers still climbing that they have so many that are missing that that they don't know. An estimated 40,000 people went missing during that time in addition to those killed. Entire villages were destroyed, homes were burnt to the ground, and families were ravaged apart. Husbands and sons taken, even killed right before their families, forcing women and children to flee for their lives. Many of them um, in this area, so... Where we go to do work, the, there was a particular region that was just basically annihilated from this civil war. And it was at the base of a mountain range called the Ashield Triangle Mountains. And so these women and children, out of desperation and out of fear, had to run and flee for their lives. So many of them on foot, with whatever they could grab, with whatever they had on their back, they ran. And they ran and they ran until they stopped running. And they they landed in these mountains, and they decided to make their homes, hidden from the devastation and hidden from the fear of of those coming to take their lives. In 2005, the church that Jeff and I worked at before we moved here was called Bridgeway Community Church in uh, Rockford, Michigan. And they, at that time, they made a connection with a man who lived in this small village called Santa Avelina, and his name is Andres Cruz. And if you've been here for a little while, you'll, you'll see his smiling face in some of the pictures in our coffee bar. He is actually a coffee farmer. If you're drinking coffee this morning, you are drinking Andreas's coffee. And he has this beautiful family, and he decided to make it his mission to figure out the way that he could in assisting the government, finding the people that ran, and figuring out what needs that they had and how we could best serve them. And so we formed this partnership with this man and his family, and he is still making an incredible difference now today. And all of you at the Grove are a part of that connection. Andreas and his family have been committed to discovering the people that have fled from the Civil War, and all across this mountain range, they have dedicated their lives to assess the needs and to figure out ways that we can best help them. Bridge of Hope was formed. That's the organization that we are a part of, along with the church in Rockford, Michigan, And we continue to work hand-in-hand with Andreas and his family year after year. Today, we're going to get to share that story with you. So the impact of our ministry in the Shield Triangle in Guatemala is really beyond what we could even articulate or even measure in words. Most importantly, and quite impactfully, we've heard many of the widows say to us that they stopped praying and they stopped believing in God because for decades, they had no idea that there was any hope left But then one day, this man, Andreas, showed up in their village, and he told them that he would be bringing people to build them homes. And this is where we got involved. No strings attached, just us showing up and giving them a place to live, because many of them are living, in any any sense of the the word, below appropriate standards for what we are used to and what we live in here um, in the United States. Earlier this year, we were able to be a part of a, a, a team build. We went to the city of Tucanal, or the village in the mountains, and we took 10 people from the Grove, and we built 15 houses. Um, all that told, since 2005, the Bridge of Hope has been um, accomplishing much. We have built over 240 homes for the surviving widows and orphans. Yep. And many of you have either been on those trips with us or helped us financially support those trips. Um, We have a feeding program in a a village that's called Chasis. And that is something that you guys here at the Grove, that we support every month. 
And in, in that, this time, over these, these years, since 2005, we've had the opportunity to feed 266,000 meals to the, the school children in the, of Chasis in this village. So over all these years, and teaching them the language and the word of God and, and bringing hope through um, the school. We have a teacher that we help support and pay her salary. Her name's Juana. She has 82 children in her, um, her school that she teaches every week, every day. And the mission that we are a part of is very simple. It's very straightforward. We're looking to uh, rebuild the lives of these people who have lost so much. And that's why we continue to go back year after year. And we are excited to get to share some of those stories with you today. So what we're going to do is um, I'm going to invite a couple of my friends up with me to join me. So first Patrick and Paula are going to come on up. Um, Patrick is a returner. He has... um, been on this trip now twice. He came this, this past year. Um, and then Paula, this was her first time um, joining us. And so Patrick's going to share with you about a little bit more about the project that I was introducing to you that Cameron Travitz helped initiate and that we were able to take with us to Guatemala. So this is Patrick. So it's called Operation Defeat Bare Feet. And pretty much what we did was we took 100 pairs of shoes to the village and to the school and was able to give it. And the good thing about these shoes is they adjust sizes because, as you know, kids' feet, like, grow. So these uh, adjust four sizes. is like they're getting five pairs of shoes in one shoe. And that's pretty much all I got. So I don't like microphones. I have a big voice as it is. So I made a couple notes so I didn't forget what I wanted to say. Um, As I sat down to think about what I wanted to make sure I told you about this trip, I had a really hard time. Um, The only thing I could equate it to was much like when I returned from the Grand Canyon. Um, After spending 21 days in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, coming back and trying to describe it to somebody was next to impossible. Um, And I felt very much that way about this trip. Um, The words that come to me are feelings more than they are um, words that might paint a picture for you. Um, Feelings of hope, um, feelings of blessing and being blessed. Um, Another word that comes to mind constantly was connection. Um, So I'm going to tell you about a few things. I think there's some pictures. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you about some of the pictures that are going up on the screen. The first picture that you saw is um, myself and my oldest daughter. So I was very blessed that she got to join us on this trip and to share that experience with her. Um, Because for me, um, getting out and getting out of the church and doing that mission work isn't about just me serving. It's about me passing that on to my children and passing on to that next generation and leaving that legacy that this is what we do. That it's not just our community here in Bryson City, that our community is the world. Um, And that we've got to get out of here and we've got to go. Um, and so it was just really wonderful to me when she approached me and asked if she could come with me. And I said, absolutely, let's go. Um, and then my other three children were jealous that they weren't old enough to come. And I look forward to the day that they're able to accompany me on a trip because I think they will really enjoy it as well. Um, so the connections that we made were huge. Um, you will see pictures of me up on a roof banging nails. That's part of it. Um, that's not the whole thing. Um, it's about getting into that community and, and showing people that, that we're love and we're bringing that love back to them and that we care. Um, you'll see a picture. 
um, of three little girls. Um, so the little boys were really ready to jump in on the job site. They would walk right out and take your hammer right out of your hand and start banging on the house. But the little girls ran and hid. Um, and it took me about an hour to get these three little girls to come out from around the side of these bushes and come stand on the job site with me. And I went around and collected hammers and got them to stand there with the hammers. Because I wanted them to know that, you know, they're strong and, and they have an impact and they can impact their future. Um, so I love their cute little smiles that they had and, and just how empowered they felt holding on to those hammers. So I was really proud of them. Um, and then there's another picture that you'll see of me standing with three women. Um, throughout the week, some of the girls, the college-age girls on our trip, realized that I have a talent for braiding hair. Um, and so every morning they would line up for Paula's hair salon and I would braid everybody's hair. Um, and so there they are. And then later on in the trip, the woman to my left, her name is Juana, and she approached me. And even though there were language differences between us, uh, she brought a hairbrush and hair ties to me and stopped me and asked me to braid her hair. And I was just so flattered that, you know, she wanted that same connection with me that she had seen me make with other people on our trip. And so I just thought that was really special. Um, and then she put her arm around me and, uh, referred to me in Spanish as her friend. And that just really meant a lot to me. And then she went and got the woman that's her best friend, and that's who's on the right of me, and asked if we could take a picture together. So that would just really touch my heart um, and really just showed me that those connections were happening. Um, so like I said, it's, it's not just about going and banging nails and building houses. We certainly did a lot of that. Um, and that part was enjoyable too, but the part of just getting to be in their community um, connecting with them. Um, I'm not sure if there's a picture of it that the day the woman came to me with no shoes and we had no way of figuring out which size shoes she wore. So I sat her down on the job site and I took a tape measure and, and measured her foot and everybody thought that was the funniest thing. They laughed so hard. Um, but she was so grateful, um, cause she was walking several miles a day in her bare feet. Um, and we went back and found amongst the group, someone that had a pair of shoes that would fit her. Um, and there's someone walking around that village with my bright neon orange and purple running shoes on because I left those behind as well. Um, and so that was just really neat that, that something that doesn't seem that significant can make, to me could make such an impact. Um, so if you're thinking about going and you're saying, well, I'm not a carpenter, I'm, you know, I'm not, I can't carry big boards, that's not what it's all about. It's about coming into these communities and showing people that we care and bringing that love that we have here and, you know, and spreading it across our world community. So don't hesitate. And there were people that sponsored us from home. There were people that prayed for us the whole time we were gone. And those things meant just as much as the people that were on the trip alongside us. So um, Autumn wishes she could be here today. My daughter, she's actually in France, or she would be here today. She has moved, and she's teaching English over there right now. So, so she apologized that she couldn't be here today. But thank you, and don't hesitate to think about going. It's an incredible experience. So um, we're going to have two more people come and join me. Todd Sessoms and Robert are going to come on up and in just a moment. They're headed this way. As they're coming on up, um, I do want to just point out with what, Pat, what Patrick was saying, too, about the, the defeat bare feet, the shoes that we brought. Um, it really was an incredible moment. We, we were able to, and Robert actually got to help me do this um, when we were at the school. So we, we get to the school, and they are so excited to see us in Chassis, and they, um, you know, they, they, they wait for us to come because they just, they love to play with us in their courtyard, and we have actually been able to see the progression of this school. So some of you guys that have been on trips in the past, they used to meet in a pretty run-down space, very tight, um, not a lot of room, 
And um, we're in, they're in a beautiful new building right now. And we were able to be a part of helping assist that. And it was, it was a neat moment. I don't know, one of the pictures you'll see, uh, there's, a, there's a plaque on the outside of the school um, that actually has Jeff's name on it as one of the board members of Bridge of Hope. And so, you know, part of us is there um, and being a part of the school and sponsoring her. But anyway, when we were putting on the shoes, they, they just lined up and Robert and I were on the other end of fitting their feet. And we did this for 82 kids. <laughs> and, um, it, and it took a lot of time. They were so excited because we got to show them how these shoes, it's called the shoe that grows, it, it grows with their feet. So we could literally take them apart and fit them to, to fit their actual foot and show them that this is going to keep growing. Like this isn't your shoe for just now, but you're going to have this for a few more years. And it was just this beautiful project that Cameron, if, if, you, if you know him or um, get a chance to reach out to him, he's away at college now. But what an incredible idea that was just from a senior in high school here in Bryson City. And we were able to take 100 pairs of shoes. I think that was pretty, pretty amazing. So now I'm going to introduce you guys to some well-known faces around here. This is Robert. And Robert, this was his first trip. But a little secret about Robert is that he made this trip one of our best trips. And he'll tell you why, maybe. <laughs> okay. I have to apologize to Jeff because I lied to him. Uh, I told him I would go if, and don't expect me to do anything but cook. So, yeah, I lied to Jeff about that. Anybody that knows me know I, knows I can't do that. Uh, yeah, I, <clears throat> I will admit I did most of the cooking. It's simple. It's easy. It was, you know, not a big thing to me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the trip was, I, mean, I just don't know how to explain it. The biggest thing that got to me was all these little kids with the light with the sticky fingers because they will steal your heart in a second. I mean, you know, we, yeah, we put shoes on kids for hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. Uh, there was one night and we were, we'd worked all day. We'd had supper. We were sitting around waiting for the lights to go out and we were singing, you know, us and, and the group from Michigan. We were sitting around singing. And the kids were coming in the back door of the church we were in. And we would sing, and they would sing. And we would sing, and the, no idea what they were singing. I don't speak Spanish, and I really don't speak Mayan. But, you know, we would sing, they would sing. And that went on for probably half an hour. And... I think it was the day before we left. I was sitting outside resting a minute. And a little kid came up and wanted to play Frisbee with me. And it's not a problem. But you've got to understand what this kid's Frisbee was. He had a piece of dirty, damp cardboard from the bottom of either a case of beer or soft drinks. I don't know which. And that was his Frisbee. And it would fold and it would fly crooked. And we played Frisbee for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes till his mom called him into supper. And he went and grabbed his Frisbee and smiled at me and took off. And, you know, the teacher there in the village, you know, she was there with her baby, with, I don't know, a month old or so. And me and Paula stole her from her, played with her for a while. 
And uh, there was one afternoon or, or two afternoons, a couple of us were out there painting girls' fingernails. And yes, I painted girls' fingernails and toenails as long as there were girls there who wanted them painted. I think the uh, big full white beard threw a couple of them off, but they got used to me. So, and you know, if if, if I go back, yeah, I'll you know I'll go back. I'll cook. Now, idea if when, but I'll go back. I'll cook. I really want to take Kelly with me, and she wants to go. Her schedule just doesn't allow it till she graduates. But I mean, if you like kids, if you love kids, if you have a heart for kids. Go. They make it all worthwhile. Thank you, Robert. Um, so one of the things that he mentioned is he was our team cook this year. We've never done this before. Usually we work all day, come back, we're exhausted, and with our headlamps we're trying to cook over like a little tiny hot pot that 25 of us are sharing and we didn't do that this year because we came home off the, off the job site every day and we came back to a home, our little room, but to a, a cooked meal by Robert. And it was, it, it was incredible. I mean, he, it, I don't think he realizes how much of a difference it made for all of us to be able to come back to a warm meal where we didn't have to spend hours with our headlamps cooking over. So thank you so much, Robert, for doing that. Um, and now I want to, I want to, you guys know Todd is a familiar face around here. This is his returning trip, his Third trip? Second trip? Second trip. But this year was something different for him because he brought his son, and I wanted him to tell you about that experience. Um, if you have any teenagers in your world, he has a firsthand experience of what that's like to bring a kiddo on the trip with you. So, yes, this was my second trip, um, and I think they paired Robert and I up because we're the white beards of the trip. Right. So I'm totally. catching up to him. But, <laughs> um, but real quick thing about the food thing, um, you know, it, it, there's, there's different ways to serve. Um, and so if you don't think you can be the construction person that's out there working, um, you know, as, as long as you can and try to build as, as much as you can, um, there's other ways to serve. So don't think that that's the only thing um, that's available out there. So I've gone on mission trips with my kids before. Um, and this was, you know, this is a more strenuous trip. There is, there is hiking involved and we're, I think it, higher elevation this time because um, I was breathing pretty hard just trying to keep up with the widows carrying my luggage on top of their head. So, so the, village, uh, <laughs> the village that we went to this year, it was called Two Canal, but known as the village among the clouds. And they were right. Like we, we could reach out and touch them. So, yeah. so, um, so when I do mission trips with my kids, um, there are some trips where I've done, but where we're together almost all the time. Now, my son is older um, he was um, actually 17 going on this trip, um, um, which which is one of the younger ones. I know we we asked for 18 and older, but um, but he's he's you know he's a hiker. He's been in Boy Scouts and and um, he's he's a construction guy. He likes to build things with his hands. His hobbies are building race cars and and machining um, tools and equipment and things like that. And um, so he wants to become an engineer, and, and this trip kind of spoke out to him, and he's like, I want to go. Um, so we found a way to financially make it happen and got him out there. And But when we got out there, you know, we shared a lot together. Um, but because of his age, I wanted him to um, experience it. And so he got on a different team than me. He was not on my construction team. Uh, he went with another group. 
Um, but it, it gave him time to be able to just absorb it all. Because when you're out there and you're working hard, yes, on the job site you're working hard, but you can't help but to be um, affected by the ladies and the kids and the lack. I mean, here we actually had more adults than usual uh, men in the village because um, usually the men go out and do work el- elsewhere. But this village was a sewing village, um, it seemed like to me, because, yeah, they had all the um, looms set up in probably every other house. We saw looms, and most of the times it was the kids. Um, and we even found, I had a video um, on my Facebook page about um, a male, and I don't think the video's up here, but um, that was his job, is to sit there and do that. And so Gabe's eyes were open to those kind of things and realized that, um, you know, there are ways for us to help other people, um, not just here in our community, uh, but around the world. But there's also people out there that you would never think, even in our community, that need that type of help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things I want to bring to y'all is if you're looking a way to go and you don't want to go by yourself, but you have a teenager that you think can handle it, um, that might be a great option for you. Because, uh, one, you bond. You bond a lot with your kids in these situations Um, But it opens up their eyes, and so they understand a little bit more about that global effect that God wants us to do is we're not just taking care of the people around us. We go to anybody in need, Um, and that might be abroad. Um, The ways it changes your kids is what I want to speak to, too. So my daughter's been on them before. Um, The last one she went on was the Costa Rica one. She's off to college, so she hasn't been able to do this one. Um, It, you know, that trip affected her path in her career. Um, she decided on that trip to become to work with animals and become an animal um, scientist or a veterinarian. Um, Gabe, this just made it stronger to him that he wanted to be a mechanical engineer and build things. Um, so you never know. You never know how this will affect your kids. Um, and then for personally, you know, you'll have your kids there, but this is the second Guatemala trip I've been on. Um, this one... The kids and the and the the needs that we met pulls on you, but personally on this one, this one kind of grounded me um, with where I was in my life and just kind of give me that time to connect with God. Um, Robert probably remembers, but uh, well, everybody remembers that um, I keep you up at night. I'm a snore, so um, I wake up earlier than everybody else because I get the good sleep, and everybody else is still trying to catch up on their sleep. Um, but Robert would always say, wake me up when you get up because he had to get up and do breakfast. Um, so we shared a lot of, um, sunrises together, um, just going out and walking and hearing animals only because everybody's still asleep except for the local villagers that are starting to get up while we're still snoring. Um, so there's connections that you'll make that, uh, you don't realize when you go on these trips. So my biggest thing is just don't be afraid to, um, go with your teenager Um, on these trips makes a big difference thank you so much you guys thank you so um oh i have a special delivery oh um one of the things that you saw like in the pictures uh when todd was speaking we actually do a practice build before we go so we don't just like show up in guatemala and we're like hey everybody we're gonna build a house and we've never done it before so we, um, we, we schedule that beforehand so that um, usually a couple months before we go out, we, we pick a spot here and we, we do.
do a practice build. So we do it start to finish and we, we figure out the process together as a team because for many of us, um, we maybe have never swung a hammer before, um, me included. But now three years in, I'm like, yes, I can swing a hammer. Um, and so we did, we got together at Tom and Susie Peacock's house and we had an opportunity to build a practice build of what we actually do in Guatemala. So that was extremely helpful. And you got to see some of those pictures on that. Uh, one thing I want to mention, and we're going to then see a video um, from one of our teammates that was able to go, but he couldn't be here today. Um, we also had a really amazing initiative from someone else here at the church. Is Michelle Walker here? Where's she at? Oh, she's going to shake her head. Anyway, Michelle had this amazing idea because one of the problems with these homes, they have no light source. And so when it's dark, it is dark there, you know, and when it's light, it is light. And, and so often they're, you know, they're going to bed and right with the sun and rising with the sun is that's essentially they don't, they don't have a way to have a light in their homes. And so she had this amazing idea, um, to take solar powered light bulbs. And so we were able to take, um, light bulbs for all of the homes. And we were able to give them also to the school in the village that we were in, in Tucanal, so they could have a light source in the school building. And this is, this is incredible. I mean, we, we were showing them how they worked and how to install them into their houses and where to, and where to choose to put them. And they, like, their gratitude for that, it was mind-blowing. So I just want to say thank you so much for that, Michelle. I really appreciate um, that so much. It made such a huge difference for those, for those women in their homes. So now we're going to actually see a video um, of, from Jordan Smith. He was one of our brand-new team members this year. This is his first trip, and he wants to share a story with you guys um, about what it was like going to Guatemala for the first time. Hey, my name is Jordan Smith. Uh, 2018 was my first trip to Guatemala and just wanted to share with you really quickly a couple stories that really made a difference uh, in my life and really impacted me while I was there. Um, the first one really uh, began before we even started the trip uh, while I was fundraising, trying to um, get the money up to, to go. Um, and uh, just mentioned the trip to a couple of our co-workers and one of our one of my co-workers, their church, um, had given them uh, a kingdom assignment, and their assignment was uh, they, they were everybody in the congregation that morning was given a $100 bill, and uh, they had to take that $100 bill and do something good for the Lord that would uh, that kind of a pay it forward kind of thing, right? So um, I knew about that long before the fundraising and. Uh, my coworker and I had talked about that, and um, it was coming. It was kind of getting right down to the wire in the last few dollars that I had to raise. And she came to me and she, she said, "Well, here's here's a hundred dollars toward your trip. Let me tell you the story behind it." And so her daughter was was part of that as well. And uh, her daughter's name is Kate. Uh, she's 11 years old, and she also got a hundred dollar bill. She was in the congregation that morning, and um, the story as I as I was told it somewhere along the way. Uh, Kate had lost her $100, and uh, even though she lost it, she was still trying to figure out exactly, you know, what am I going to do with this $100? And, um, Molly, my co-worker, had, uh, her, her mother had told her um, about this trip uh, long before she lost her $100, and so I believe it was the week before our last payment was due uh, to go on the trip, Kate found her $100 bill, and she came to her mom, and she said, I know what, what I want to do with my, with my $100. Um, she wanted to give it to um, our mission trip to Guatemala. Um, so 
for an 11 for an 11 year old to have that want and that need to help people it's pretty amazing to me Where do you live? I live in Franklin, North Carolina. Okay. Tell us about how you got the $100. Well, the pastor at our church gave us, everybody that was there, $100 and said it was the kingdom assignment. And how he explained the kingdom assignment to us was that it was God's money and that he gave us a certain amount of time. It was a long time to decide what we were going to do with that money to help others in need. And that's how I got the money. All right. So what made you think to work do the Guatemala project? Well, my mom was helping me decide um, ideas and um, helping me figure them out because I was not very good with ideas. <laughs> and... Um, she said something about Guatemala and how her co-worker, Mr. Jordan, was going to Guatemala and he was bringing other people to go help the people in Guatemala because they've had a war and a lot of their men and boys have died and they need some help rebuilding homes and stuff. All right. What made you um, interested in giving to that project rather than something locally? Well, a lot of people from our church we're giving locally and I I just wanted to do something bigger and help I wanted my money to go to something a little bigger than just buying food for someone cuz they'll only eat that once and I wanted my money to go to something that would last them and help them longer than just food cuz a lot of other people from our church were just giving food so I wanted, like my, like I said, to, for my money, to help people longer, like building houses, because that would last them longer, and yeah. How do you feel knowing that your money helped maybe a kid have a roof over their head, now? It makes me really happy that my money went to something like that, and that it's really, it really makes me warm inside that. Yeah. Do you think, um, what do you think God thought about your, the way that you use your kingdom assignment money? I think he'd be happy that I, that my money was going to something, to someone in Guatemala that was helping them. And I think he would also be happy with those people who went over there and helped them because that was really awesome of you guys. And I just think that he's watching over them now and that. He always was. Um, so those of you that, that know me um, know that I do beekeeping and uh, kind of as a side business and to make a little bit extra money, but just for fun as well. And So I just wanted to share with you my second story that relates to that from Guatemala. Um, I can't remember the exact day in our trip. It all kind of runs together once you get there, but um, it, had, it had been kind of a, a tough day. I, and I remember I'd just gotten uh, 
kind of cleaned up. It was our first chance to kind of get cleaned up in a few days, and I was back in the church where we were all staying. And um, earlier that day, uh, when we were out working on one of the job sites, I had noticed some honeybees uh, flying around. Um, and I asked the, the gentleman that was with us, uh, the, the pastor or the, the mayor of the town that we were in, I asked him, you know, well, who has honeybees around here? And, of course, there's a huge language barrier, at least for me. And uh, best I could tell, he explained to me that uh, there were local people that kept honeybees um, high, up, high up in the mountains. And um, so later on that day, I'd seen some equipment laying around that I recognized that had to do with that and didn't really think much else of it. And um, so we were back in the back in the church in the sanctuary there where we were, where we were all staying, sleeping, eating, everything right there. And... Um, Somebody came running in and said, hey, Jordan, the, there's a beekeeper out here. And uh, they were just returning from, from keeping their hives, and he had a, a bucket that uh, was full of fresh honeycomb that they had just cut out. Apparently the pastor had told them that, that I was a beekeeper. He, had, he was able to, to tell from uh, my interest in it that, that, I, had a, uh, that, I, that I did that. And uh, even through the language barrier, was able to tell, hey, this guy's interested in this. And he, he told the guys about it, and so they... When they come, when they came back down the mountain, uh, they brought us some some fresh honeycomb to try. And I think that's just a just a small example of you know the way one of the many ways that, that God touched me while I was there. Just a um, that, that was definitely a God moment. Um, I mean, the chances of running into, into a, another beekeeper thousands of miles away in another country while you're trying try, trying to help other people was uh, was pretty amazing. Um, Um, so ever, ever since I came back, I've, I've been saying I'm going back again, and, and I am. I'm, I'm going back again this year. It's just something that I feel called to do now. It's um, I haven't stopped thinking about about those people since I got back, um, and I just I can't wait to go back. Our, our dates are set, and I'm really excited and starting to prepare uh, for March already. for Jeff and Jenna. Are they out there? Where are they? And if you guys want to come on up, um, and then um, if Emily and Brayden want to come up. So we're going to have an opportunity to get to see one of our other fun teenage faces here with like, the, this is like the best dynamic duo I know. I can't even imagine a better one. So um, if you guys could help welcome Jeff and Jenna to the stage. Thank you all so much. I'm honored to be standing here with my daughter this morning. And we've heard incredible stories of how this place is a, such a giving place. And we're fixing to go into our time of giving this morning. And, and you've heard incredible examples and, and stories of people who, who got a little uncomfortable in their lives by giving up a week, 10 days, to get on a plane, to go to a place that, that you don't really know a whole lot about, to do things that you're unsure about what you're really going to be doing to get on a crazy chicken bus and drive hours back up into the mountains to, to build these homes. And guys, that's, that's one of the most awesome foundations of our church here is our giving. We are a giving church. You guys are a giving people. And I'm so appreciative of that. And we, you know, these examples this morning just prove that. But we have so many other needs here besides 
what we're talking about this morning. We have needs here in our church that, that have to be met. And I want to see us be a giving church in those regards as well. And as I was looking through the chapter this week, uh, Jeff sent it to me, and I was reading through it two or three times, and I kept coming back to one sentence that just kept speaking to me over and over and over. And have any of you ever seen the TV show uh, Buried Alive? It's about hoarders. Have you ever seen that? As you flip through the channel sometime, you know, it's a show and it shows these people that, that, that hoard things. Is there any admitted hoarders out there this morning that don't like to get rid of stuff? Yeah, I see a few hands. I see Judy, bless her heart. I see her out there. But, you know, people that just can't get rid of stuff, they stockpile things because they think they're always going to need it for something else. They don't want to sell anything. You know, I might need that one day. And I kept coming to this one sentence, and here's what it says. I want to read it exactly so I don't screw it up. It says, if you hoard your blessings while others suffer in need, that's not true aliveness in Christ. If you hoard your blessings while others suffer in need, that's not true aliveness in Christ. You know, it made me do a huge time reflection on my life and think, you know, Jeff, God's blessed you with all these different things. Why do you keep it for yourself? Why do you hoard your money? Why do you hoard your time? Why do you hoard the, the abilities, you know, that ever so small they may be, that I've given you to do things with? Why won't you put them out there for others? So kind of my challenge this morning is, you know what? God blesses us in so many ways. He's blessed this church in ways that sometimes I think we take for granted. Phenomenal ways. Let's not be hoarders of the things that God blesses us with. Let's be givers even more than we ever thought we could before. And speaking of giving, I want Jenna to share to you kind of what this church has given her throughout her 15 phenomenal years. Um, okay. Um, the Grove is a very special place to me. We've been here since I was two. A long time. But since then, I've been back there in Wombaland and Upstreet. And it's like given me such a strong foundation for my faith. And then a few years ago, my favorite memory at the Grove, it was Ash Wednesday, and that's when I asked Jesus into my heart. And <laughs> um, then my other favorite memory was when we were at Deep Creek and I got baptized in a thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> and so many of you in here have had an influence in my walk of faith. And I just want to say thank you. Because you guys have just been awesome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. All right, if you guys would prepare to give this morning. Uh, if I could have four friends to come up and help with the baskets. I think we may have asked some people, have we? No? Maybe? No? Come on up. Come on, Jenny. You can grab one. Thanks, guys. All right, let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you this morning, Lord, so thankful for who you are and thankful for all the things you do for us. God, you bless us each in so many ways. God, may we never take those blessings for granted, Lord. May we be a people that always wants to give more and more with all that we have. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the mission that we have here. God, I, I thank you that you allow us not to be a, a lazy church, that you, Lord, give our leaders a vision to make us active and to want to go out and do, and do the things uh, of you, God. I thank you that we have people that, 
that, Lord, want to go to, to faraway countries, Lord, to, to help widows and orphans. Lord, to be your hands and feet. God, may we always have that attitude, Lord, not only there, but also here. And, Lord, that attitude with each other. God, we have so many people this morning that are hurting, that are in need. God, I just pray for them this morning. Lord, may your strength and comfort, Lord, just ever be with those people. God, take this money we're about to receive, Lord. Just bless it. And God, help us love you more in all that we do and all that we say every day. In your name I pray. Amen. As the baskets are being passed, if you guys want to stand up and join us in this last song. Um, we, we put thought um, into the songs that we pick uh, for you guys and for us on Sunday morning. Um, and it's always our hope that the words will stir your hearts. You know, the first song we sang was At My Table. God's invited us all to his table, you know. Um, we're all welcome. And it's the least that we can do to invite others to our table, um, to show our love for him. And I, as we sing this last song, I just, I want to challenge you guys to really think about the words and to let God stir your heart um, to, to what, it re- what these words really mean, what it means to offer everything you have and are to him for his, his well-being. And if we all did that, um, gosh, what a difference we could make. So, you know, whether it's here inside these walls uh, or here in this town or in Guatemala, um, I believe that he's calling every one of us to step up and, um, and help and invite people to our table. Thank you, ladies, so much. Um, I cannot believe that you are in high school. That, her, your voice is amazing. That was incredible. That was incredible. I'm so excited to have you share. Yeah, you guys can be seated. We're going we're gonna to kind of wrap up here. Um, so if you were here with us last week and we were talking about stories in Scripture and I told you guys like my secret that I love tattoos. Does anybody remember me telling you that? So from that song, that was my first tattoo. It says, ever only all for thee. And that's what I have on my arm because that is my personal reminder that that is what it's all about. That's who we live for. So all for, for him. So um, that was a side note. But if you were here last week, you know what I'm talking about. So we, we have this opportunity to be a part of this mission. And Terry has been now on this trip now. She's been on three trips. She hopefully is going to get to go again. And she has some really good insight as to why we keep going back. I mean, some of you might be thinking, why do we keep going to the same place? There's so much need everywhere. So why Guatemala? Why do we, why do we keep going back to help these people? Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Terry. So this is like a three-day conversation. Um, so if you want to talk more after this, please find any of us. Um, I don't even know if I can talk. So the trip is not about, it's not about just going and building or doing any of all of those little things. It's about, it's about what God calls us to do um, in, in being his hands and feet and building that family, those connections that we have. Um, the first time I went, and, and I am not somebody who says, I was called for Guatemala. I just said, oh, spring break, Guatemala, I get to go on a trip. You know, we get to go do these things. Um, and then I got there, and it was all of those things and then people. And so it became all of a sudden about building those relationships with people. Um, you love these people who are there, Andres and his family, um, meeting the kids. So my first trip was four years ago, and... We went back to visit 
um, I went back two years after that and then last year or this spring and we saw the same kids at, at the school that we visited and, and watched them at their old school and could see them in their new school and, and watching them grow up and they become people you care about and you care about them and you care about who they care about and you know that that's reaching out. Um, the people, when we went back, the connections. Um, so the first time I went, I went, we built these things. I thought, you know, we could probably use all the money we're spending on the trip to go and get more houses built. Couldn't we build more homes? Couldn't we do this? And, and the very next trip we went, and that's when we had one of our, um, one of the ladies who said that, you know, and we've said this before, but you can't hear it enough. Um, we heard over and over that they knew God existed because we showed up. It was not about sending money. They didn't necessarily just need money or even homes, but they needed to just be reminded that, that God's people are there and that they care. And so it really became about, oh, so this is what God means by, by our family. Like, who our family is in Christ, right? Being that family in Christ and knowing that it doesn't matter if I know who the people are that are being served or who it's going to serve in the next generation or, or who is beyond that. It means that, that I love these people because that's what I'm called to do. And, and because they deserve it, um, to be loved and, and then going beyond it. Um, you just can't not go and, and fall in love, um, and, and I think that's what it's about. So if there's any way that you can can contribute um, in prayer, in service, in going, um, in reaching out, it, it doesn't have to be something that you, you know, you say, well, I don't really feel like I'm called. But that God didn't say we had to feel anything. He said we had to do. Um, and I think that that's so important. And once you do, then you understand, you know, what that might look like. And it looks different because everybody talked about kids or these different relationships you built. And for me, it was so many of the adults, um, cause we're really pampered and, and spoiled. And I just saw such generosity and, um, grace and beauty in these adults who were living in these circumstances and found joy in the simplest things and holding someone's hand in, in smiling. You could smile at somebody and they would light up and it was just amazing. Um, that they were in these circumstances and they just found so much joy in being present. And so, so that's, that's my take on, um, I'm going to have like a hundred things I wrote down on a piece of paper, but Jody said I couldn't do it. So, um, (laughs) if you want me to read my hundred things or tell you about a thousand more, um, experiences that we had, then come on a trip or come talk to us. And, um, yeah, we would, we would love for you to, to support this as well. So, Thank you, Terry. Thank you. So one of the things that it, it will leave an imprint in your heart and your mind when you're completing a trip, we always dedicate these homes to the widows and they won't sleep in their homes, their new houses. They won't sleep in them until they have been dedicated. And it is, it's this really powerful interaction where they, um, you, you might've seen some of the pictures where the women are just kind of sitting lined up and they have this opportunity to share part of their story. How were they widowed? How did they get to where they are? And with the translator, they tell us part of their story. And then we present to them, um, uh, some gifts and we pray over their home. And so we do that for all 15 of these women. But one of the things that has happened, and I've seen this in some of you that maybe have been on a trip, you might've been a part of seeing this happen, but the word gets out when we show up. And so 
this woman at the very end, she comes, she comes in. She was actually the woman that Paula was talking about. Her name was Dominga, the one that didn't have shoes. And she walked, she showed us like where, you know, you're up in the clouds and she's pointing at this mountain that is, we, you, we, we drove that road. So we know how far away it is. And she spent the whole day walking because she heard that we were there. And so what they come before us is they bring us a petition because she said, we need houses. We have 20 women in our village that are homeless and we want you to come. And one of the things is, it's just a really beautiful interaction is they actually come up with a a piece of paper that they present and the widows as a way of signature, because most of them cannot write, they do their fingerprint. And they leave uh, their fingerprint on the, the piece of paper and they present it to us and they ask us to come. And so the work that we do is, is never ending. There are so many more women and children who are homeless that are spread out all over these mountains. And, um, and we're trying to figure out ways to bring more schools and to bring more feeding programs. And, and the list goes on and on. And so... Us going back either physically or in prayer or with your support or creative ideas to raise money for shoes or light bulbs, it makes such a huge difference. It may seem like nothing to some of us here, but it it changes their lives. So on that note, I want to point out to you guys just a couple things. If this is like something that you have more questions about, you'd like to know more information about what we do or how you can get involved, there are some green pieces of paper on your tables that are um, are either in front of you. There's also extra ones here on the stage if you don't have one. And on the paper, you'll get to see kind of the breakdown of when we're going to go. There's going to be three trips available, uh, three options available, um, one in February and two in March. Um, And so kind of look at some of those dates. Uh, And there's also ways to get involved with helping support the trip. Um, these are, this is the Bridge of Hope newsletter. So Bridge of Hope is the organization that we partner with. And when I say we, it's literally that church in, in uh, Grand Rapids and us. Um, so it's not like this, an organization of like 25 churches. We are a very small, very grassroots little movement, but we are trying to, to keep this work going. So the, there's copies of the newsletter up here and, um, it just tells you a little bit about more about what we do and why we keep going back. And, as long as um, Andreas is, is willing to have us, we are determined to continue to go and to help these people. So I'd love for you guys to grab one of those. Um, and if you're thinking, okay, this is not for me, I, I'm not going to get on a plane. I am certainly not going to go and, you know, hike and sleep um, in some uncomfortable situation. I, I'm not going to do that. Well, did you guys hear at the beginning of the service, we had this really handsome young man who gave some announcements about ways you can get involved here. We're feeding the football team in a couple of weeks and we need people who might want to serve some football players and cheerleaders, who love our students here in this community that would be willing to come and serve breakfast for dinner. That's what, what, that's what we're doing. So be a part of that. That's October 12th. If, if, if that doesn't fit, at the end of the month, we are going to be downtown, and we are going to be involved with Trick or Treat on Everett Street, and we're going to show up, and we're going to serve hot dogs, and we need people to help do that. So if, if that sounds like more of a fit for you, we will never stop giving you opportunities to get involved with being a part of this community and being a part of this world. And if you remember the story of Abraham and Sarah, one of the things that made that story significant is that they recognize that not only were they blessed, but the reason why they were blessed is so that they could go and bless others. And that is really the point of all of this anyways, right? We have so much to give. It may not seem like a whole lot to us, 
but it makes a world of difference to many, many people here in our community that are in need and people all over the world. And we want you guys to be a part of that. So think about it, consider it, make that something you pray about because we would definitely love to bring some more new people on our trip this year and, or in other ways for you to be a part of that. So Thank you guys so much for being with us today and for listening to the stories. I know that some of you have heard these stories many times and, and maybe they don't sink in, but they, they really are important for us to continue to tell because it is a part of who we are as the church. It is a part of our mission here at The Grove and, and we want to keep sharing that with you.